Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 92. And I looked that one up before we started, so I know it's right. You didn't um, have to out yourself like that. You could have, the audience might have thought you just remembered. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, oh, man. Chase, do you have something a little more exciting than you've had in the last couple of weeks? I had exciting beers last week and oh, possibly the week before. My bad. But I yes, just remember I also a couple have... Pacific Pills. Yeah, there were a couple Pacific Pills. <laughs> no exciting Pacific Pills. <laughs> um, this week I have a Torchlight Brewing Hazer Beam, uh, which Ooh. is a uh, hazy pale ale. Uh, also has a very East Coast can, but it's dope. It's like the can is a uh, like mail truck with dual machine guns mounted on the top. Oh, put and that as flames everywhere. Oh, yeah, uh, it's pretty Ooh. sick. Uh, Zombie apocalypse esque. Yeah, the description is: Hop in for a ride on this flavorful machine. Torchlight Hazer Beam will blow the doors off your tongue and transport you to a world of smooth, hoppy, hazy deliciousness. Roll out. Oh, is it is the beer anywhere as good as the uh, can and description makes it sound? It is actually quite good. Um, it's very hoppy for being a pale ale and not an IPA, uh, which mm-hmm. is good. I it tastes more like a hazy IPA to me, which is great. And uh, it's not, I think, as good as the what Nelson Brewing Galaxy IPA that I had last week, the Cosmic Haze. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still quite good, uh, and the can kind of makes it. It's dope. It has little like comic book pew pews around too. <laughs> very nice, very nice. That adds something for sure. Yeah, yeah, but awesome. Local brewery again, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same one, right? Yeah. Uh yeah. There, I've had ones. I had one from uh, from this brewery a few weeks ago too. Um, oh, so not last week because I remember Torchlight as a name. No, it was like the something lizard. The Cass asked me to keep yeah. one for him for next time that he was out here. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was thunder lizard. lizard. Yeah, because we were arguing if lightning lizard or thunder lizard would be cooler. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I, I thought you were anti pale ale for some reason. A uh, standard pale ale, but if it says yeah. hazy on it, like a hazy pale ale is like the next best thing to a hazy IPA. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's quite light, though, is the, I think, the big difference. This is like a 4.5%, which is oh, wow. weird. It's like the lightest hazy I've had. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Hunter? Yeah, so after weeks of, you know, having non-Nepenth beers, a couple of weeks ago I showed off my new Valorant merch, really branching out. I'm back to basics with a uh, new Old Bay shirt, but, you know, very on brand, and a Nepenth beer. I have the uh, Pineapple Lord Bones Milkshake IPA, which, um, you know, immediately grabbed my attention at the uh, brewery, and it's it's quite solid. It's interesting because it is the least lactose or at least milky tasting of the milkshake IPAs I've had. It's very subtle. The website says it has tones of pina colada in the nose. Big tropical notes of tropical smoothie with a smooth, dreamy finish. Uh, smooth, dreamy finish, and I would tend to agree with that. That in the same way that pina colada has a little bit of like, you know, creaminess to it or whatever. It's without really tasting milky. It's kind of similar in this. I'd say it's more of a pina colada IPA than anything. So it's got it's got coco loco in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coco loco, quite good. Yeah, yeah. They had someone in the in the back of the bar warming up the cans of. Uh, uh, cream of coconut to 
mix in with it. Uh, I used to do that at the bar. Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It is a very interesting finish. They describe it as a, a smooth, dreamy finish. It has one of those finishes that like strikes your tongue as a little odd. Where it's like not quite sure if it's dry or like tart or what. But like hmm. it's it makes you want to have more of the beer. Okay. Alright. I mean, I like the pineapple aspect. The pina colada sounds great. Not a big uh milkshake beer guy, but if you're saying it's that subtle, then Yeah, that's what I'm you know, saying. Yeah, really, I would enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you would think, wow, this is really a milkshake IPA if you had it. Yeah, I have such a mixed, like, or it's like flipping a coin with the milkshake IPAs for me. Like, I feel like half of them, I'm like, wow, this is, this is really good. Um, and then the other half, I'm just like, eh. yeah. I, I understand what you were going for, but you just, you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Swing and a miss there, buddy. Yeah, but I feel like they often end up on either end of the spectrum of my, uh, my likeness. Like, it, it, it's very rare that I find one. I'm just like, this is fine. This is okay. Yeah, I feel like they, have a they usually hit on either end of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever think that about anything, Cass? Yeah, that's there true. Are, yeah. That's true. <laughs> there are plenty of beers that I have, and I'm like, you know what? It's a beer. Uh, Michelob Ultra. I see. <laughs> no, like, I mean, half the fucking cans of beer on my desk over here, I was probably like that. Like this Rafe Riley Hazy IPA. Actually, I think that one was actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> what else? Prove, proving my point as he's trying oh, to defend himself. Is, yeah. Oh, shit. Yep. Even more so. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. This Wild Eye Hazy. It was fine. Would I have it again? Sure. Was it anything to write home about? Probably not. This beer was so unmemorable. I don't even fucking remember what it tasted like. Kohatu Triumph. Okay, but either way, I you should throw your cans away at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> Those could have been from yesterday, for all you know. They're not. I should also <laughs> hope not. But like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yesterday was a crazy day for gas. There are a lot of cans over there yeah. for it to be from yesterday. <laughs> um, all right, but I am drinking a very tall bottle of Ooh, a in the bottle. house brewing. Um, Ooh. it's. A salted cantaloupe sour. And it's okay. Yeah. Um, not great. Not bad. I'm technically double fisting. I've got a gin smash that I opened for a premiere game that I didn't finish. Um, but then I didn't really want to talk about But that's why you're on the bottom half of the scoreboard. Buddy, I was on the bottom half of the scoreboard for a multitude of reasons. The third of a alcoholic beverage I had ain't one of them. Yeah, you're right. I, I had an entire beer during the premiere <laughs> game too, so I can't I can't fucking play Breeze, but we can get into that later. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's the salted aspect of the sour is really interesting. Um you don't taste it initially. Like you take you take a sip and you're like, okay, very tart. I wouldn't know it was cantaloupe if it wasn't listed on the label of the can or the bottle, I guess. But mm-hmm. like in hindsight, I can tell it's cantaloupe knowing that it is. But like it's very very tart. So I wonder what else they got in here. But then the salted aspect of it like hits you like right at the end. Interesting. And I know. Do you guys ever put salt on your fruit? 
like watermelon or cantaloupe or well, yeah, I think it on melon is really good. Yeah, like I had grown yeah. up just eating watermelon straight. I talked about how much me and my sister love watermelon and everyone in Baltimore loves it on the podcast. Um, but I'd never had salt on watermelon until I went to the Naval Academy and then someone was saying how good it is. And trying it, I was like, before I took a bite of it, I was like, this is, you know, utter hypocrisy. Like, why would you do this? Mm-hmm. And then I had it and I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of interesting. It's just such a contrast between the sweet and the salty that like, I still am not going to do it going forward, but I can see why people like it. I think specifically with cantaloupe, it works the best. Um, and yeah. I think cantaloupe has a more like subdued flavor than um, watermelon does. Oh yeah, I'd say mm. it's the other way around. Mm, yeah, I guess cantaloupe has a kind cantaloupe of Cantaloupe has way more flavor than watermelon does. It's just really good. Like the salt on the cantaloupe, mm-hmm. it, I think is definitely the best melon to have it on. Yeah, like my, my grandfather, well, okay, so from my grandparents, uh, their version of dessert is occasionally ice cream, but for the most part, just fruit. It's kind of what they have in mind for dessert. Um, and so every time I was staying at my grandparents' house, almost every single day, he'd have a slice of cantaloupe, grab the salt shaker, and sprinkle salt on it. And I'd be sitting there just like, what the fuck are you doing? That seems sacrilegious. And he's like, nah, nah, nah you gotta try it. <laughs> but yeah, it according to... Uh, According to the can, it's just cantaloupe. It's cantaloupe with sea salt and Madagascar vanilla to add body and a hint of sweetness. I'm not really tasting that at all. Ooh. It's just, it's fucking tart, man. Yeah, the Madagascar vanilla sounds good, yeah. drowned out, but I'm a big fan of that flavor, so mm-hmm. that's making me even more interested in trying that. It's also like a $13 beer. Yeah, I, I, I was mean, guessing what, what's the percentage? Your bottle and what everything you said that it wasn't going to be a cheap beer. It's a big beer. Like Fieldhouse used to do this. Like their dark sour was only in this like size of yeah. bottle. Um, it's like six point two. Okay, so it's it's pretty heavy, but not the ten percent of and the, it's, the dark. It's and half the light a liter. Sours. Yeah, it's half a liter of beer. Oh, it's only half 6. a liter. 6. The other ones were point seven fives. Were they? You sure? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's just a half a liter. Um, batch 33 hmm. out of who knows how many. Um, but yeah, it's okay. Don't love it. Don't hate it. At $12 a bottle, probably wouldn't get it again. But it's not bad for what it is. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, alrighty, well, moving on to some Bowering stuff. I kind of want to just rant about Breeze for a sec here. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Go or not, off, King. But... No, I I don't really care that much, but go ahead. What the fuck are you supposed to do on that goddamn map? <laughs> and like even if like there is a correct way to approach the sites and what you should be doing, what's the point if it's not fun? It's really not fun. I really don't enjoy the map at all. Like, sure, maybe I'm playing the map objectively wrong so to speak, right? At our level, you should be able to do that and find success. Hmm? Like, we're not at the level where the metagame matters that much. So, like, if you have to play this map, like, a certain way in order to get success out of it, it just, it seems crazy. I mean, to be fair, in our premier game, I don't feel like we were aim or heavily strat-diffed. They just won a couple more rounds than we did. Um... 
So like, I don't know that yeah, we needed I, to play I a certain Yeah, but I hated I hated doing but like, it. Hunter, also, like... but also like you, you started off the game pretty hot. Yeah. Your your judge had martial bullets in it. It did somehow. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hunter got two of the longest range judge kills I have ever seen in my life. In the same it was round. Genuinely, like yeah. halfway across mid on priest. Yeah, like, I was like at right titty, or sorry, I was at left titty, and someone was like just coming through the doors or a little past, and I was like bunk. One, sh- they, they were low, but one shot of the judge finished them off. The one yeah. on the Reina also was stupidly long range too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but either way, like, nah, dude, I was just losing gunfights. I don't know. Yeah, like, I think I think the ping was for once in me and Alex's favor that I had the best. No. I had really good ping, and that made a huge difference. I was my 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 shooting was feeling very good that game, which is not usual for me in Premier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily like feeling off with my aim. No, I don't think that I had a necessarily bad game. I was kind of mid the whole time. Um, yeah, I don't. I just felt like I kept getting caught off guard. Like there were just things happening, like too many things happening, and then I was in a situation where I couldn't defend it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I knew going in that my aim was going to feel like shit, because my aim felt like shit while I was warming up, prior to us getting into the lobby, but it's not like we could, I mean, I guess technically, because we're only able to play one game anyway, we could have delayed it a bit and gotten some more warm-up in, but who knows, what, probably wouldn't have made a difference. Um, and also, we missed the time to queue for the second game by, like, literally a minute. Yeah, because unfortunately, so. it was a, we were delayed because of one person being a little late, and then... Um, it, our game was thirteen ten in the favor of the enemies, so it was a long game, uh, longest it can be without overtime. So that pushed yeah, us to no fault outside. of that person's own. The, no, the no, no, yeah, right. no, yeah, no, no shade intended. They were subbing in as it was, and then they had to come from a flight. They literally drove from the airport and opt on no warm up. So yes, mm-hmm. mad props to that person. Uh but yeah, it was just like I, I don't it. enjoy yeah. the map. Yeah, I like even like yeah. even when I'm doing well and I'm hitting my shots, which is rare on that map in particular because I'm not great at the super long range gunfights. But like even when I aim feels really good and I end at like the top of the leaderboard or whatever, like I don't enjoy playing the map. Yeah, I, I'll I'll add on to that to say that for me personally, this is not the same as you. I'm not trying to say that it's it is, but like um I tend to struggle most with uh, not just long range fights, but long range fights where there's weird elevation changes where I can't pre-aim at the correct height. Cause like with the stereo, the, the standard example of a long range gunfight without any elevation changes is ascent mid, whether you're peaking from, you know, bottom mid to top, or you're peaking from tree to tiles like there, I know exactly where their heads are going to be. And I'm reasonably good at taking those duels. But like, if you're swinging like around pillar on attack on breeze, into mid there are so many different elevations where people can be and just adjusting for that is just not my strength yeah there is like not only like a lot of elevations but a lot of like places right that too yeah because nest versus tunnel is very different as well as just anywhere along that slope yeah like if you're talking about ascent um either you're if you're peaking from like tree down to tiles or you're peaking from top mid down to arches like uh links and arches have like a like walls on both sides 
which can find the space in which you're you'd actually be peeking that too right yeah. a, a lot of angles on breeze you're peeking into a wider angle and people could be left side right side up high in the middle down low in the middle like anywhere along a ramp or a set of stairs yeah. it's kind of there's so much going on um yeah, there really is. And I, I feel like that was always one of the things that made Breeze controversial and not liked all that much. Besides, of course, the fact of it being Take-A Simulator um, and with the Viper Wall. And I feel like the solution to that was not, like, simplify the map because now it just feels weirdly constricted. But it, none of the real things about it that made it suboptimal have been adjust, adjusted at all. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's not enough mix-ups almost. Yeah. Like, if something's not working, like, there's, like, kind of three things. Yeah. Like, there's, there's take A, take B, default. Well, I, I would attack. even say if you, you can take, if you're talking about, like, executes and you say default is its own thing, it's, like, take A, take B, B split. Because B splitting is still valid, but A splitting has always been very awkward just because, you know, talking about those peaks you have to take, like going through mid to a and then what value you get from gaining that space just it doesn't really seem worth it to have a traditional split to have someone lurking there to have someone you know taking duels there and holding that you know for people pushing through it that's very useful but like a full a split that way is just kind of weird i mean we talked a lot about how the new map geometry convinces you to a split more yeah, but so far I haven't really been seeing it in games. Just people like people really haven't been doing it too much effectively, at least. No, I mean during this past game, I did find a little bit of success as like a solo pushing uh, through mid. Yeah, I was I like, like, where did that come sh- from? Chase solo pushing? <laughs> that doesn't usually happen, <laughs> but it worked in some cases. Yeah, it's because I was secondary smokes, which was yeah. kind of nice. Like I didn't have to be right there for the site take to drop my smokes on it. I could kind of drop my smokes on lesser angles, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was playing Viper, just to be clear. Yeah, so I would like, you know, when we were attacking a site, you would be playing Viper, throw the classic Viper wall, and then I would throw a smoke, like, uh, bridge and stairs. Yeah. Um, Just to take off kind of the higher angles that could peek over your wall. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could throw those from a pushed-up position in mid quite easily. So I was doing that. I feel like maybe we should have done more splits. Um, cause there are a couple times, like I got there and there are like two people's backs, um, like away from me focusing on like the main push through, mm-hmm. through a main and yeah. I could take out one, but the other would like get around titty and then take out two or three of you guys. And I was like, well, yeah. f- fuck, <laughs> like, like yeah. maybe if there was another person there, we could have dealt with this better, put more pressure so that they were you know confused at which way to look. Yeah. yeah we, no, we, I, you could. Well, I was saying, like, I, I tried to often go through mid. Um, and I just kept losing the gunfight down mid. Like the it's sage, well, I would just smoke it off. Double doors. No, no, no. I'm saying, oh, you like, mean I like lost, from double doors yeah, to? I lost to yeah. the person who was double doors routinely. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're different at aiming. I, that's the fight that's the easiest for me mm-hmm. on breeze because it's the most predictable. This is how you know we're just. Yeah, no, like, I just I wasn't yeah. having a good day when it came to aiming. Um, I, I couldn't win gunfights. I don't know. It just feel like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like. The other thing is, like, I was constantly having to deal with Fade just fucking barraging me with utility from, I guess, either, like, Tunnel or Nest. Um, yeah, she was really good at hitting her Caesars. Her Caesars got big value in that game. 
Yeah, like I was just getting constantly hit by uh by seizes by or like having to like turn and shoot her eye while Sage is pushing out of double doors often. And then there might have also been the raise there too, like a couple rounds. I don't know. I was I was having a tough go at it. And like and you have to shoot that eye because Doris is very bangable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so like, I don't know. Maybe if like we, but then the couple rounds that we did put more of an emphasis on mid, we just got fucking rolled too. Yeah, um, because people would uh, flank out easily. They'd find a weak spot mm -hmm. and, and push our our like exterior. Yeah, I will say one of the things that I love most about Premier as a whole is how you just have, regardless of how well the team is like coordinating things, individual players in Premier, I feel like just do a much better job of, you know, paying attention to things that are happening and making deliberate strategy adjustments throughout the game. And that back and forth is just one of the best things about Premier. In particular, what I'm thinking about is when we were on attack on Breeze, um, and we were attacking B site. We put a significant amount of focus on pushing through elbow as well, because I think you just, if you just rush B main, then you're it's very flankable and you don't have a lot of space. Um, and what was happening early on in the half was that Reyna would just like walk into elbow oftentimes. So for a couple rounds, you know, we took that duel and frequently she would get a kill. And then we focused, we discussed like, okay, let's peek this together with utility. Um, and get that kill. And so then we started having more success taking that space and then pivoting, using that to pivot through mid to A. And then there was one round after that where Chase and I were playing a bit more passively and we really did not coordinate with well on, it, we did not coordinate well at all on holding complementary angles. I picked a spot and was like, wow, this was a terrible spot and moved. And anyway, Reyna just walked out through B this time because she was used to us walking up to elbow she just walked out from b and then shot me in the back while i was you know at elbow and so then the next yeah round, i yeah i didn't realize that you were visible from where right from where you were yeah like i don't think but that was, was just your like yeah, we just miscommunication really for sure yeah um and then the next round after that you know we went b and we, and i was like you know someone might push out there and sure enough she just walks out <laughs> i just shoot her so like that kind of back and forth of us both adjusting to how, we, to how each other is playing you know, that happens some in Ranked, but it just feels like it happens a lot more in Premiere, and it's so cool to see that back and forth happen. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Reyna the was was getting us, for sure. Yeah, she had some very um, nice and moments, for sure. It, she wasn't, I think, even, like, at the top of the scoreboard. Like, she just had some really nice plays. Yeah. Um, yeah, she had yeah, some... She, she was, like, a ti timing demon. It wasn't, like, an aim demon at all. It was just, like weird situations where she would just get the upper hand she was really mm -hmm. quick on the on the trigger finger with the up uh updraft with the uh dismiss as well like there were several times yeah. i swung and she was invulnerable and i was like dang it right yeah that, like that exact time yeah. where she could see you like i swung to the trade got one bullet off before she dismissed and yeah I, you know i should have hit the head i guess but mm -hmm. you know i yeah. same situation for me in other rounds another thing that i liked as well is that um I, what I like as well is is flipping teams is when we're able to flip the way the other team is thinking about a particular situation. Like the biggest thing is that we really disrespected their Viper ults. There was one round where we were hitting A, Viper ulted as we were hitting. I threw down my ult as well and someone got a great kill on their Viper and, you know, all of a sudden now they just wasted Viper ult and we have the site. Um, you know, we didn't say, oh no, you know, let's let's bail on this. Let's slow it down or anything like that. We just kept pushing 
uh, had an idea of where she was, got the kill. And then there was another round where we hadn't made any noise yet and Viper ulted on A. And so I said to the other uh, player, uh, Doobie and uh, Alex, I, and I said that let's us three just all push into the Viper's pit completely silently from different points. Like, she's not going to expect that. And she didn't. She got one of us and then we got the kill. And now all of a sudden the enemy team's like, oh, shoot. Like, you know, we expected that avenue to be locked down. Like, no one's going to do, going to push that. Or if so, we're going to know because they're going to make noise. Then all of a sudden, bam, uh, that was uh, dealt with. So, like, I think I think that's something that doesn't happen very well in comp because a lot of teammates will just be scared of a big ult and you won't really have a, a way to deal with it. But when we get to do those things like that, it just it just makes me feel good. It's just really fun. Well, so there's just less reliable communication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, especially because we have you designated as our pseudo IGL. Um, pseudo? I mean, like, definitely IGL. <laughs> like, pseudo none of us are even making an attempt. No, no, <laughs> I, 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 no I get what Cass is. I get, no, I get what Cass is saying because, like, people sometimes will make a call, and I like that they do. So I, it's not like I'm a hard IGL in that, like, everyone's waiting for me to say what we do because that would be worse, and that's what we did mm-hmm. in the very, in the like, very first game of Reared. It was bad. I've also improved but, um, as a caller from that first game, I would say. Sure, sure. But, like, like you, you just don't really get that in ranked. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. you do at, like, the Immortal Radiant level. Like, right. when you have Boaster in your game. And you're like, and oh, yeah, you're yeah. not this shit. Oh, yeah. Well, you, know, you, you tell us what to do, we're, we're going to do that. Well, <laughs> yeah, because, like, that whole thing of, you know, creeping up to the Viper's Pit and pushing in together, there's a good chance some random is just going to, you know, make a bunch of noise there. Yeah. And then, you yeah. know, it wouldn't be nearly as effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a normal ranked game, like you can try to IGL, but people are very likely going to just fucking ignore you. Yeah, the amount of times I've called a strat in ranked, and then someone has done the, you know, the one thing that would mess up the strat, then I'm like, I, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. When, when you're like, yeah, let, let's fake, let's fake a, you know, like you, we go over here, like you three, like stay quiet, B, and then as soon as like barriers drop someone like uses util on b and you're like it fucking ruins the entire fake like what yeah. are you doing are you fucking double blast packs in with alt yeah <laughs> not mm. even something like that that could get value it's like a sova dart mm. yeah and you're just like well now they're gonna keep someone here and the fake did nothing like yeah. <laughs> there was a stem beacon when you're not yeah. even hitting yet <laughs> yeah so yeah Sprays. All three people over there just hit the spray key. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the ultimate troll. Yeah, I don't know if you guys Let's saw fake, that. And then, wait, just fake yeah. by spraying? Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of sprays going off? Yeah. And you have Yoru and Omen on your team? TV <laughs> away? Yeah, just yeah. fuck off. Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a great skit by uh, a YouTube video by Kibi Animations. I don't know if you guys watch them. Uh, the best dollar in animations in the business. They're so, like dialed in to the experience of valorant and the animations are cute as heck um and they had one about like playing it was called like playing killjoy is easy uh and in the skit it was ascent and uh omen and yoru were outside the enemy omen and yoru were outside a site and uh yoru was shooting wildly omen was just dropping and picking up the spike over and over again (laughs) and so the killjoy comms their team they're here they're here and then Omen and Yoru just both TP away. Yoru has a TP or what has it all, and the team is mad at the Killjoy. <laughs> Very relatable, even if it's not normally mm-hmm. coordinated that well. Oh yeah, yeah, there's another great one with uh, like jet entering. Oh yes, like, yes. I need yeah. help. I need help. <laughs> right. The classic 
like auto com is. Yeah, yeah. Like, all the voice lines in the animations are like from like character calls and stuff like that in game. Yeah, they do a good um, job of repurposing the, them sometimes. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. So it's like the, the I need help yeah. uh, like auto com mm-hmm. key or whatever, right? And then you see like a sofa droning into sight, seeing a bunch of stuff, and just pulling his knife out, running away, and then an omen just alts out of a main. <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah. nope, we're leaving. Well, before um, that, the Sova drones in, and this, the drone goes by a jet, and Jet just grabs it and shakes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chase, have you seen any of these, or no? No, I haven't. Okay, we didn't, we didn't I, get you I've up to seen, speed on these. I know what yeah. you're talking about, because I, I know the animation style in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I've seen, I think I've seen them, maybe I've seen one or two, but uh, not very recently. Kibi is fantastic. They they haven't sponsored this podcast, but they might as well have because I would praise them every day if it would help them. Yeah, but um. Anyway, we kind of we? you know we were going from breeze yeah. to premiere. Generally, oh yeah, our yeah, experiences. Yeah. To um. Okay, now I'm not saying I agree with the statement, but there was someone on Reddit talking about how uh this feels like the worst season of Valorant. Um. Really. And they were saying that like. Basically, their argument is, between Sunset being released, the need was nerfs to various characters unnecessarily, which oh, is okay. a little redundant, fair. but here we are. Uh, Lotus being in rotation, this feels like a terrible way to play the game. And then they're arguing about the fact that they've seen more cheaters and smurfs uh, more so than ever, um, which, I don't know, I feel like there's, a, like there's someone in Chase in my game the other day who was so confident the other team was cheating. Yeah, I don't know if they were like memeing, or no, or what. No, because no, every no. time something happened, they'd be like, "She's fucking cheating. She's cheating." We're like, "Dude, she's not like cheating. She that wasn't even a very good shot. She, she's fucking cheating." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I I think he was getting annoyed that, uh, okay, well, first of all, the fate on their team was probably a Smurf. Yeah, definitely. Um, she was really good, uh, but he was like, I think what he was complaining more so about was just like she would always catch him on timings and stuff like that as he's trying to push up. And it's a lot of that comes down to if you're in immortal or whatever, right. And you're smurfing down to, to plat slash gold, you're just going to have better game sense. And you're going to have the confidence to take duels with someone as well. Yeah. yeah but it like, was oh, more so that there. like, it, it's like, it, like from what I could gather, it seemed like this fade had a really good cadence our understanding of the cadence that the chamber on our team would have as he was trying to flank or, or rotate would, or do anything yeah. where, where like, you know, he would cross an angle and he would be like, why the fuck are you there? The only reason you'd be there is you're cheating and you know that I'm coming, you know? Right. But it's like, well, no, she could just kind of understand that if you were playing, you know, garage and you were, you know, the, were attacking a site, then you're going to have to pass through B at some point. Like, Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, like I can't say I've definitively seen any more cheaters. I, I think there's been like a single time in game where I'm just like, it seems like you've got walls. Like I, I can think of one yeah, time I, in. Game. I can't even think of a specific instance. Maybe like a long time ago. Um, yeah, there yeah. are a couple things I've clipped. Like, most recently, uh, Cass and I were in a game, and I clipped a, a shot on Breeze. There were a couple of, like, insane flicky shots that somebody was hitting, and I clipped oh, yeah. it to, to um, 
you know, go back and, and look at. And on, on, upon further review, we decided that it's likely not uh, like a like yeah. aim assist. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked a little suspect because the Reina flicked pretty far to the side, fired a single bullet, and got the kill. And got the kill. And then and it was a long, was long range duel. This was like, yeah. uh, like attackers right side of mid on breeze like to back castle oh it wasn't quite that far it's towards like pillars but like it, they were they were on the wall behind uh, or like something like no, that or maybe no, behind no, pillars. No, was, okay sure but like and we go back and like yeah it looks a little suspect i mean like you flick to the side you fire one bullet and you flick back to the angle you were holding before um but then we chase clipped it. We went back and looked, and the bullet she shot was number one, not a headshot. It's just a body shot that got the kill. And number two, she wasn't even accurate when she was firing the bullet. Mm. So yeah, like, so it was just dumb luck somehow. Yeah. But but also like, how do you not hold your crosshair on the angle where you just saw somebody inflict that? Like, because it was an immediately like flick back to the other angle. I, it was weird. It was it was yeah, weird. Yeah, it's weird. I don't but think like, that she was cheating, but it was definitely suspect. Uh, but that was like one one time in the last you know hundreds of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say that in the last you know in the last two years of me playing Valorant, I've I would say there's been three to five times where I've been like this person. I'm a little I'm a bit suspicious of them cheating. However, in zero of those cases was I like over eighty percent convinced that they were cheating. There was always a chance that they weren't. Um, and I really don't know if they were or not. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think there's definitely, in a, as in a game where people sweat as hard as they do, I think there are a lot of times people think people are cheating and they're not. Like, kind of going back to what you guys were saying about that chamber mm-hmm. who was tilted out of his mind. Yeah, yeah I, I think that cheating is really not an issue in this game, uh, which, is, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very rare to see somebody who's actually cheating. Um, and like we, yeah, like we were saying, we don't even know if we've seen it ever. There's always yeah. a possibility they weren't, and they were just fucking good. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's one game in particular that I just remember being hard cleared in a bunch of different angles that like, if it's once you get the benefit of the doubt twice. Eh, sure. But like, there was one game in particular where I got hard cleared playing a weird angle, like six or seven times throughout the game. And I'm like, you don't, like, you don't consistently hard clear where I am, like, reliably. Yeah. And, like, that, to me, seemed off. It's like, you're swinging me with the intent to take a duel with me here in the middle of but fuck nowhere. Yeah. And you have no indication to believe that I'm here. Uh, And, like, that's the only time, and, like, I guess this brings me to something else, too, but, like... I think that's the only time I've ever tried to report someone for cheating. Uh, just like, I was like, eh, this seems like, this seems a little suspect over the course of the game. Yeah. Um, uh, if someone's a hard smurf, I often just hit the cheating button. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, that, like, that's no I, go, I go with the disrespectful behavior and the cheating mm. button. Because the <laughs> cheating is specifically using third-party tools to aid you, in my mind at least. Uh, it just um, makes me feel yeah. better to to get the report off in those instances, right. and even though I know it's not doing anything. But yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Supposedly, you get notifications when like you report somebody and they get banned or the whatnot. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten one. 
that's false. We definitely, you definitely have okay, because maybe? I remember specifically coming into game and you being like, "Oh, I got yeah. one of them." Oh, okay. For, for, <laughs> not for cheating though, for like comms abuse. Yeah, yeah, no, for yeah, like yeah, comms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Like, maybe I got one, but like, it'd be nice if it happened more frequently. It like especially for things like comms abuse, in which like, it's pretty cut and dry. I don't know if they record comms. That's the only no, no, thing. No, no, but like text chat stuff. Text like, chat stuff gets banned immediately. Like that, well, that okay. stuff is no, no, very, like, they're very good at like text chat abuse, but they're awful at voice comms abuse. Yeah, like that I get, but I'm saying like over like the text chat abuse, like sure, if you're dropping a hard R or like a, uh, like a KYS, like yeah, you just get insta banned. Like there, yeah. there are a couple things that just insta com ban you um, via the text chat, but there are other ones that like you report someone for being toxic in in text chat which is super easily reviewable like they have the logs for that i understand that the voice comms are run through a third party and it'd be you know it takes manpower to go and review the voice comms that i'm assuming are saved for a brief period of time on some third party server well, yeah, because they started that. Too. Yeah, because Cass, they, if you remember, they started doing that, I want to say, like, six months ago or so. Yeah. Where they were like, we're going to start actually saving your voice comms to review them. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, like, I feel like it should almost be easier to get banned for that stuff than it is. Well, I think I think part of the, the issue is, a big part of the issue is people on, alter, like, alt accounts. Because I, I think my guess is that a lot of the people who are doing things that should or are banned in terms of comms abuse are primarily doing them on their alts. Because there I mean, regardless, so many, in yeah. that in that case, you would get a notification that action yeah. had been taken. And Kaz is saying that he's not getting sure. those notifications. So regardless yeah, of if yeah. it's an alt and it doesn't actually affect the person playing, um, fine. But like you know, you should at least get the notification that that account was banned. Well, I mean, I guess, I suppose part of that could be that if you're playing on an alt, in many cases, you're still playing on your main more. So for things that depend on multiple people reporting before they really, like, take a, a good look at it, maybe they're just not getting the volume of reports needed to, like, trigger that review. Which is still might be a problem in the system. I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. But. Is the volume of reports to trigger a review not one? It shouldn't be. That would be a huge waste of Riot's time if a single time someone was reported for comms abuse, they had to put the server power and manpower into investigating that. Okay, maybe for voice comms or like uh, abuse, sure, but like, I'm talking about you just being toxic as fucking text chat too. Like that, that's easy as fuck to verify. Well, I, I feel like I feel like in text chat, if if it's something that there's that their you know their automated automated scanning mm -hmm. system was going to detect, they're going to detect that without any reports. And then if it's something that it didn't detect, I still don't think it's worth their time if a single person reports that just because, you know, if they're going to have to have a human uh, look through it and determine, there are plenty of times someone gets pissed and reports a text chat when it's not valid. I, I think, if, I think it's, it's fair to, you know, have a bit of a higher standard before they look into it. Ah, uh, maybe. Because if you think about just how many Valorant games are happening and how many reports are going off, Sure, you sure. know, they can't spread themselves thinking, too thin here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about the number of times that I've reported something or somebody and, like, I expect it to be, like, this. Like, like I, I'm not 
I'm not fucking throwing out reports like I'm a horny dude at a strip club. Like you throw out reports at the strip club? What? Yeah. <laughs> Calling the cops while you're in there? Hey, we got uh, some uh, naked ladies in here. You no, want to no, he... arrest them for indecency? <laughs> his his yeah. professor is a, is a stripper, and so that's how they have to turn in their assignments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, but, like, like it, it, you got to cross a pretty, like, it, at least I think a fairly high threshold for me to decide to pull open the, the report page. Um, yeah. And then... And then from there, I feel like, yeah, pretty much everybody that I've reported, I feel like, yeah, you should have gotten a ban. Oh, so you're saying Riot should just look at a report if you're making it every time. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that, like, given that there's a pretty high barrier for me to even hit the report button, I can't possibly believe I'm the only person that's done it. Right, which goes to what I'm saying, which is that if they have a higher standard of needing several reports, that would be in line of what you're saying, where you're probably sure, not the yeah. only one reporting. But I mean, yeah, one thing that you that kind of came to mind for me when you're mentioning that is that I don't, I have no way of knowing if Valorant does this, but it might actually be valid to track two stats for uh, across people who are uh, across each person's account when it comes to their reporting behavior, which is first of all how often they report people, and secondly how often a person they report is then. Uh, given some sort of a penalty because you know if you have someone who only ever reports people who then end up are incredibly toxic and riot you know ends up banning them you know if that's happened you know 10 times then probably the 11th time that person reports someone it's worth looking into that yeah so they can like weight reports based on how effective they have been at reporting people in the past right whereas if someone Mm -hmm. reports someone every other game and you know they're doing it all the time and it's not yielding results then it makes sense for riot to not wait that but i don't know if they do that and if it would be even the best system but i i Mm -hmm. I do agree with the overall topic just to be clear of that it seems like voice chat abuse it still should be clamped down on there's still a lot of toxic idiots in games i mean i think what they need to do is clamp down harder on voice chat like just have like ai fucking do it like have AI transcription and AI like do it. And then they, this has to be done with a appeal system because you're going to have mistakes as soon as you involve AI at this point. Yeah. And that's like probably what they're most worried about and what the community would be most worried about is like, Oh, if you clamp down hard, then, you know, people might just be poking fun and, you know, get banned. For, you know, something that, you know, maybe it was a one-off, maybe it was, like, uh, in context, not uh, as bad as it would have seemed. Yeah. Um, but then you have you just have an appeal system where you can, you know, if that stuff is stored for X amount of time and you say, oh, if you appeal within seven days, mm-hmm. then you ha- we have a chance to look at your stuff and, uh, you know, have a human review it. Yeah. I kind of think that they, it, it, they might want to do it, like as a thing where there's scaling penalties for that, for the AI detecting bad voice comms. And then once you reach a thir- certain threshold, you can appeal just because it seems like it would be good to limit the amount of appeals happening just because it becomes very expensive for, for riot to do in terms of what practically, you know, they'd be willing to put out. So like, you know, first of all, the AI looks at your clips. If you re- reach a certain report threshold, whatever that is. And then, uh clips by clips i mean audio 
And then if the AI determines, you know, you, you did a no-no, then you'll first get a three-day ban. And that's not appealable. You just get the ban whether it was fair or not. And then, you know, if you do something again within a certain time frame, you get reported, the AI determines it's bannable. Uh, you know, now you get the weak ban, for example. Um, and at this point, just on the fact if their thresholds are decent, there's a pretty good shot that if you've been reported and then reviewed, regardless of what ha- came of the review, like if you're being reported that much, there's a good shot you've done something wrong. And then like after that, maybe you get a month ban. And then the month ban is reviewable just so that people, you know, don't rage quit the game if it's somehow they've gotten to that point and it's false. Like, I'm not saying that's a perfect system, but like, I feel like it definitely, it would be much more efficient to have the first bans just be, you know, that it is what it is. Because I just I feel like there'd be a fine. ton of reviews. I mean, three days yeah. would definitely suck. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you got to start with smaller increments than that. Like, like a okay. day. Yeah, because if you like, start you can't with, play like, for the rest of the day. Yeah, like if you start with like a like the rest of the day ban going on to like a like a full twenty four hour ban, to then like three days to half a week or whatever. Like the first two, like, like let's say for whatever random reason, right? I got I got banned for the rest of the day. I'm not gonna bother appealing that anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Like, by the time an appeal happens, like, yeah, right, it's right. gonna it's be like, tomorrow anyway. Right? It's not like, like I got yeah. fucking John Riot on my phone I can just, like, on speed dial I can ring up and be like, You yeah, just make that fuck? one not appealable, though. Because, you know, yeah. people yeah. would appeal it. But, yeah, it's fine if you Sure, but I'm saying, like, you just right. make, like, the day-long ban just, like, not appealable, right? Um, And, like, maybe you even start with, like, just a one-hour ban or something like that. Like, you get a one-hour ban, and then if you do it again, you get a day ban, and then, like, it ramps up, obviously, right? But, like, at the point at which you're saying, Hunter, once you get to those longer bans anyway, like, it's, it's like, okay, probably this guy's doing, like, this guy's clearly doing something wrong for him to get reported all the time, and therefore uh, banned by the system. Whereas, I mean, like, possibly, if, but the other, the counterpoint to that is there could be something totally fine that you're doing that the AI is picking up on as being wrong. And mm-hmm. if you're consistently doing this thing that should be totally fine... Yeah, you know, like for example, it it like your accent, the way that you say "raise" sounds like weird to the AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, or in the case of our our friend Alex, he plays in a gaming room with other people where his mic often picks up a certain other person who is talking obnoxiously a lot of the time, and I, he doesn't say anything that I think would be considered bannable by Riot. But you could imagine a situation where you know your mic is picking up things that other people are saying. It's not necessarily even being broadcast across the game consistently, but like, you know, an AI might be like, oh, shoot, he's saying that when in I fact, think that that's bannable, though. Well, I mean, just to be clear, if the person is like saying like horribly racist or stuff or like, you know, anything that's really derogatory, that's a problem. But it, I can imagine a situation where someone, you know, is is being overheard being like, what the heck? How could how could you do that? You piece of shit. And like, it's clear to the people in the game that that's not the player saying that to them. But to the AI, it isn't. And, like, I don't think that should be... And could be considered toxic. Right, exactly, yeah. Not that they're dropping the (laughs) N-word. Because in that case, I think that's fine. In in that case, yeah, fine. Ban it because, you know, know, that's on the player to not have that be picked up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. exactly. Now, one of the funny ones that, that I think of is, like, is, like, at least in text chat, like, saying kill yourself or the abbreviation of that immediate yeah. ban right 
like immediate com or like text chat abuse, like your your com band or whatever. But like, what if there's someone who's trying to save a pistol? And I'm like, yo, like go 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 kill yourself, like go go die, <laughs> like in reference to yeah. in game. <laughs> and then that gets insta flag on the that's uh, the voice abuse. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, don't save the Yeah, pistol. yeah, don't go say, like, hey, no, like, no, you need to die. Yeah. You need to die. Die. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that that <laughs> definitely is more of a you problem than for me and Chase, just because you tend to be much more abrasive with your wording on things. Like, I, I would never think to tell someone, go kill yourself. I would say, go yeah. die to someone else. <laughs> yeah, die to Spike, die to Spike. You need to die to yeah. Spike. Die. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It, you would be the one to say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm just saying, yeah, it's like... But that's an interesting example, because I definitely do that. Maybe not in the same wording that would you know be picked up like that but yeah but the ai could um, be like oh i'm putting two and two together this is the same thing he's trying to get around yeah. the kill yourself ban yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the um uh because yeah, i was watching some i was watching a twitch stream for the risk of resources earlier today so was I. one of the oh yeah, yeah. one of the guys is like oh yeah like i hope you die oh and yeah i saw that part too in game of course yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> He's like, because I, because I want to beat you, so like, I hope you die again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, but yeah, one of the guys is just like, so are we gonna get like Twitch banned over this, or <laughs> yeah, what's the deal here? Um, but yeah, it just like I, I could see some, I could see some funny scenarios. Probably not funny yeah. for the person who gets banned over it, but like, I could see scenarios like that popping up, in which like, yeah, there should be an appeal system. Um. I guess yeah. the other thing is Riot claims to have knowledge on what's a Smurf account. That they're just which not they willing claim... to do anything with at all. Yeah, yeah, which they, well, of course. Besides shifting MMR a little bit, perhaps. Yeah, but it makes, it makes them money. Why, why would they, right. they, they don't want to, like, it makes their game look better because they're quote-unquote more different people playing. And, um, yeah, people they make buy money skins off of on Smurfs. Money. Certainly not yeah. me. I've never done that. Yeah, um... But either way, like, obviously Riot's not going to do anything about it, but they claim to know what the Smurf accounts are and therefore adjust their MMR accordingly. They they claim that, but um, then the, the issue is that they... I think the biggest problem with that is that they assume that the person is actually trying to play the game, like, at a, at a reasonably similar level to how they would on their main. The problem is that there are a lot of people who... Uh, a decent number of people. I'm not going to say a lot. We've all seen situations where someone is throwing without, you know, just standing in spawn and getting zero kills where they're, you know, taking the spike and, you know, going and dying in awkward spots or, or things like that. And that's the sort of thing that makes it impossible for them to do what they're claiming of, Oh, we're going to put the Smurf in the correct spot because, you know, when that happens, they're going down in rank. It's not like the system's going to move them up even though they lost the game. And the system is second-guessing itself at that point. Are they really as good as I think if they had this, you know, poor game? Yeah, I having tracker sometimes is really tough because yeah. uh, like, a couple of times this act, I've opened a game uh, in tracker and it'll be like an all-gold lobby and there's a bronze in the lobby. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then we get fucking dumpstered by this bronze right yeah. like like yeah sure they're putting them in like a lobby that's you know way higher than bronze it's not like they're queued with anybody in on the other 
team because they can't be from from bronze to gold. Right. Okay. Um, right? Like, it's impossible for them to be queued. They can't be five-stacked because I'm not in a five-stack. I kind of like, forgot about just, that. Yeah. Yeah. They were just put in this lobby because they're solo queuing on an alt account. And they're mm. like, oh, yeah, the like the this is where they should be. Um, and they f- fucking dumpster us. Now, the one, the, the other aspect is they could be a new player where this is a brand new account and they are just better. And for some reason, they, yeah, they got come placed from CSGO. Low. Yeah, but like, wouldn't the like unranked games or whatever, like at the beginning, put you in a higher MMR than that if you're fucking dumpstering us this hard? Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, they should. Oh, but like, yeah. Also, like, I can't blame someone at this point who's swapping over from CS, just paying for an account that's ranked ready. Yeah, true. Like, they could I, just I, buy I an account. Yeah, like, and I, then... I can't blame you for that. It takes way too fucking long to get an account to rank. Which, like, I understand they did to combat Smurfs in the first place, but, like, which bred its whole own slew of issues with, like, AFK botting and stuff, but, like, yeah, it's just, like, I... Yo, how long does it take you? Like, a couple months, maybe? It's a long... It's it's a long time to get to level 20, and uh, a long enough time that $10 is not a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, though, I will say that I think that the grind was, you know, really bad when they first introduced the level 20 thing, when there was no swift play and there was no team deathmatch. Because then you had to either, you know, play the very mindless DM or spike rush, or grind unrateds, which is its own kind of hell. Um, But now that you can get to level 20 by doing a mix of playing some full unrateds and swift play and TDM, and then throw in a little of the other modes as well, I honestly feel like... Yes, if you're, like, waiting to play comp with your friends and you just can't wait to go, I can understand why you'd buy the account. But speaking from experience, where I was doing my whole secret jet thing while also playing Sova uh, and, you know, working a full-time job as well at that point, I'm like, when I started Valorant and it was unemployed, you know, it, it really isn't that bad. Like, it's kind of fun to, like, go through that. But I can also tell you from personal experience, trying to grind out some Battle Pass XP at the end of last act, you get Jack Dick. For, for playing TDMs. Alex and I did this together at the very end of last act on like the final day. We were both um, what should be a relatively small amount of XP away from the reward that we wanted through the battle pass. Right? It took us like three hours of grinding TDM to get it. Cass, you, you're realizing that you're talking about something totally different. You're talking about XP grinding. You need XP for the battle pass. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's AP. It's count level. Yes, and yeah, AP yeah, is like, totally they different. Scale. No, but they scale basically the same way. The only difference no, is no, they don't. They absolutely the only don't. Different, the only difference with AP is you get like an extra thousand for your first win or whatever. N- absolutely not. You, you clearly haven't gotten an account from new to comp as soon as, as recently as I have. So essentially the thing with AP is you get a absolutely massive amount of AP for your first win of the day it dwarfs what you're getting from the actual games like you get something like and then it like scales down based on the level but like essentially you get something like 300 ap for winning a spike rush and you get like 1k ap for your first win of the day yeah so like you'd have to play like you know four spike rushes losing them 
to get the same amount of AP as one spike rich. So essentially if you're, if you just get play until you get one win every day on, you know, any game mode, that's not deathmatch because deathmatch, you know, winning just mm-hmm. isn't really that realistic. You're doing a lot. Count, I, don't think. I don't know if it counts or not, but it doesn't, you know, you're not, you're not playing to win. Sure, death sure, matches. Sure. Um, you basically have maximized your efficiency for the day. And then if you're, if you're looking at it in terms of sheer efficiency, you might as well just stop and then come back the next day. And if you do that, that takes a long ass time. It takes a decent amount of time, but I would, I would say, I don't remember the specifics of it, but like when I was doing it, I was finding, I was trying to basically increase a level each day. And that became more difficult as I got to like the last five levels. But I found that typically if I get my first win of the day and play like, a couple more swift plays like through the until like level 12 or so if i played three swift plays that would get me a level okay on or something average, like that i don't remember okay, this i googled this yeah. i just googled it on average players can expect to spend around 100 to 150 hours playing valorant to reach level 20 that, that is incredibly hard cap there is absolutely no way that is anywhere near correct I don't know what source you're looking at, but that is the most wrong thing I have heard in a while. Let me look. Let me look up what my what I did here. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I sound I sound really aggressive. I didn't, you know, obviously you just looked it up. All right, sure. I just googled. Yeah, yeah. Tried to get an account to level twenty, but like, yeah, I I just googled that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, either way, like if the answer is more than like a fucking week, and you're trying to swap over from CS, like, of course you're just gonna fucking buy an account. Cost you like ten bucks, probably less than that. Yeah, it's too cheap. Yeah. It's too cheap to just buy an account that's in ranked already. And then there, therefore, you're at whatever the fucking level account that that account was. I'm like, sure, you could be like, oh, well, I think I'd be around diamond, so I should buy a diamond account. But like, that's gonna be way more expensive than that's buying. Probably gonna a... be more expensive. And also, I don't know. Probably... Bronze accounts are pretty expensive too. Like, I think the mm. cheapest are like gold, silver, gold, probably. Okay. Well, like, yeah, you can just probably just, yeah, you get whatever the account that you get is, and then you hopefully, like, and this is there, assuming, yeah. this is assuming you're, you're a new player just getting into Valorant, but you've got a bunch of FPS experience. It's like, yeah, the system's going to try to rank you up as fast as it can, and that's going to result in these situations. Now, if you get into a lobby, is that likely what is going on with that bronze person in your plot lobby? Fuck no, it's not. Yeah, just just to be clear, but I'm I just, just saying I can't. Like I, I just couldn't fault a new player at this point for just buying an account. Just to be clear, I agree with you that I couldn't fault a new player, uh, as long as we're going under the assumption that they're playing with their friends. I and like they really want to get to comp with their friends. I think if you're a new player, you should if, if you're enjoying the game of Valorant, paying money to rush that if you're playing primarily by yourself is pretty silly. Um, I just took a look at my stats and I looked at I the total from my secret jet account unrated deathmatch and swift play which is all that i was doing since tdm didn't exist at the time and i almost never played spike rush actually i never did um i can't filter out what happened after i got to comp where i would still play swift play and deathmatch sometimes it took me no more than 23 hours (laughs) to get to level 20 so that 150 hours thing was such incredible cap i don't know where that was coming from (laughs) yeah Okay. And 23 yeah. hours is still a lot. That's probably on the it's high side. Say like yeah, 18. That's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's not as bad as I was that that I would have mm-hmm. thought. Especially because yeah, I I literally just googled it. And it right. Up. Yeah. When, yeah. I don't um, know what that that source is there. 
But yeah. maybe that was before they made some changes to it. I, I don't could know. Be, could be. Could yeah, be. Yeah. At any rate, like, yeah, it's just. I don't think there's anything they can do about it outside of the fact that Riot claims that they know what accounts are Smurf accounts. Um, and let's assume that yeah. that system works for a second. All right. <laughs> like, let's assume that they've got a very good idea. Yeah. And like they could go and they could look at my other accounts and be like, well, yeah, these are Smurf accounts for this person. It'd be pretty easy at that point to be like, oh, they went two and 18 in the lobby. They're clearly throwing. Fuck it. Let's give them plus 20 RR anyway. Yeah. Because they claim to have a very good understanding of what accounts are Smurfs in the first place. You could just completely eliminate in-game performance if every time you just queue for a game and you get out of that game, they're just going to push you closer to whatever they believe your rank is. Because, in their opinion, they're aware of what the Smurf accounts are, and they're aware of what the original player is for said Smurf account. Yeah, why don't you just, like, pop it up to, like, close to what that is. Yeah. Just well, I'm like, just saying, just, like, every time they get out of a game, just ignore their in-game performance. You no, know, you just get, like, a, like, a, you win a game, you get, like, a plus 200 RR. Mm-hmm. You get, you get, yeah. a, you get a plus, plus, like, 600 RR. It just fucking boosts you up to, like, a couple of levels below your main. Yeah, what I'm wondering... I think that would carry its own issue, though. Like... I, I feel like that's just going to incentivize more people to bot farm accounts because you're constantly needing to buy a new one. Like, I, I, I do think to a certain extent, like, I, I, I know that I'm pretty sure Rainbow Six did this. And I know that CS has this for cheaters. Um, but you can get what's called, like, Shadow Band. Which is, like... If you're queuing as a Smurf, you're queuing into lobbies that have a bunch of other known Smurfs on them. Yeah. Like Yeah, there's there's this thing called I forget what it's I forget what it is exactly, but actually Steam has this built-in system that's not just for CS, but it's for other games as well, that it's like opt-in for other games, where they'll see I, I believe the threshold is if you've spent at least fifteen dollars uh, on your Steam account and are clean from being banned in any form um, cheating across games, then, like, you'll get to go into, like, verified games, essentially. Whereas if you haven't spent $15 or you've been banned ever, uh, you know, for cheating, then you'll only be in this, you know, open queue with people who don't meet the requirements for whatever reason. They're other cheaters, they have a, don't spend any money, or um you know whatever because like that's what they ended up doing for the cycle frontier which is a tarkov like game that was plagued horribly with cheaters when it came out and they ended up implementing valve's uh system that way and that um squashed the cheating problem very well because the cheaters were just playing with each other yeah. and I'm not, i mean it, yeah. isn't that the same thing as like you know buying into a into a different queue or like into a different um like server in cs yeah kind of it's like paying and it's like paying yeah, face it or whatever. or whatever yeah yeah but like and then in, in face it you have to have like you know the phone number verified or something mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah i mean again there, there's, there's no way to truly solve this issue because people want to play with their friends 
Yeah, I mean, sure, the, you could get rid of the ranked queue restrictions, but like, I think they should get rid of the ranked queue restrictions and figure out another way to deal with it. Well, I believe they just in the most recent patch actually added more, uh, or the one of the most two or three recent patches mm. they added more restrictions where I believe if someone's ascendant or higher, you can no longer five stack with them unless you are in the range with them. They they, they added something really? like that. Yeah, I think they did that to stop people from um, boosting boosting their way to radiant right because it was, it was a big issue if someone was like you know a radiant with like four irons and the irons were all you know heavily like immortal smurfs or whatever yeah. yeah um but and then like yeah you're not fucking losing those games so like the 50 percent rr loss on wins is not a big deal because yeah. like, well you're, you're just gonna keep winning games um yeah, but then, then that, that comes back to boosting that immortal player into radiant. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. Yeah. But then um, that comes back around to the idea of well, what if those iron people couldn't really stay in iron because they were getting skyrocketed up to what their true rank was? Mm-hmm. That would theoretically like, solve that problem. Sure, but that's really hard to do, right? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Put, like I'm saying, like let's just say I made a new account tomorrow, right? And then I got this account to level twenty without actually trying if that makes sense like if i just mm-hmm. went around in games just running gunned with a classic only no armor like whatever until i got to level 20 um and then actually started trying once i got to ranked it wouldn't really make a difference that i'm actually i'm currently in gold it wouldn't make a difference that i'm in gold versus you being in like ascendant or whatever when you're in an all iron lobby like, they don't have a way to gauge how much better you are than these other players. You're going to fucking stomp in that lobby. And there's, to a certain extent, a somewhat limit of how hard you can stomp in those lobbies. Because there's only a certain number of kills that are available to you. Yeah, you playing Reyna and fucking running it down is going gonna, is gonna to help. But, mm-hmm. again, there's there's a limit to how many kills there are to go around in those lobbies. So it's very hard to say, oh, this player who is clearly smurfing on this account, who is obviously way fucking better, like, do we know if they're diamond? Do we know if they're plat? Like, but you're saying no that in, in this whole situation, they know which main they're connected to. Yes, Riot, in theory, claims to know that. I mean, the thing that I was thinking about earlier that we then got, you know, moved on to slightly different, a slightly different part of it and didn't feel like it was the right time was that how many people would be negatively affected by Riot incorrectly thinking that they're a smurf? Like the most obvious situation of this would be that literally two different people play on the same computer. You know, it's a brother and his younger brother. It's, you know, mm-hmm. a, a brother and his girlfriend. Um, because in that situation, presumably, it would be impossible for Riot to tell that they're separate people rather than one being a Smurf. Um, and then there's also other questions of what exactly are they identifying? Like, is it the IP? Is it the hardware? Is it the hardware and IP? Like, could there be a situation where you buy a used computer and don't change the hardware? And then because you bought it and live in a similar area, Riot thinks it's the same person? And now you're considered a Smurf. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of... There are definitely ways it could end up screwing some people over. How many people that would be, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, but you get skyrocketed to a higher rank in which they're like <laughs> maybe not a problem. Easily, like yeah. you get skyrocketed to a higher rank, and then you're like sick. Now I'm diamond, but then you start fucking like losing every diamond game, and then they're gonna be like, okay, well, not diamond. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, but then you think about the other people that are in those games too. Like, sure, it sucks when you get into a game and everybody's way higher fucking ranked than you are, and you're. But it sucks for them that they have a way lower rank. But yeah, it sucks for them yeah. that like they, they have somebody who the game thinks is said Elo, and you're basically playing four v five the entire game. Which, like, I have had games in which I feel like I'm that person. It's like I'm playing like utter dog. Mm-hmm. Why are there like like why am I in a full diamond lobby right now? I'm getting fucking rolled. Yeah. And like yeah, like for my bad. team, yeah, yeah, and it feels bad for the rest of the people on the team too. Who are now playing down a person, but yeah, like I don't know. All right, well, there's one more thing that I want to talk about today. If you guys feel like we should, uh, yeah, is it? We got the time. Yeah. Um, I do want to take a piss before we get into this, though. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Have fun. Don't fall in. Okay, but uh, welcome back. Um. All right, I wanted to talk a little about a little bit about the uh, the Phantom Vandal situation in the game. Is there, uh, any, is there something feel, new to say about this? I'm curious. I think well, there's there's a train of thought that I wanted to cover, and this relates to the fact that Riot seems to have been at least lately leaning towards the following pro play for ranked balance changes. Now, out of the three of us, I feel like I'm the one who actively uses the Phantom closest to 50-50 with the Vandal. Sure. I know Chase doesn't touch the Phantom. I don't touch the Phantom. I think Hunter is... You, you swap back and forth, but maybe you're more Phantom than Vandal. Historically, I'm much more Phantom. However, in the past year, it's been a lot more balanced. Well, past yeah. six months, it's been a lot more balanced. Whereas I very much just go between them based off the day. Yeah. Even halfway through a game, I'm like, you know what? I'm not hitting Vandal shots. Time to go with the Phantom. Um, mm. Okay, but like, it, it, it seems like the the Phantom pick rate in pro play is dwarfed by the Vandal pick rate. Even following the chamber nerfs. Um, which I think was, like, what a bunch of people were saying, like, oh, well, like, the Vandal is so popular right now because you're dealing with an agent who can, who has a get-out-of-jail-free card multiple times around. Like, you want to be able to swing and get that head tap um, before the chamber might be able to TP out, or whatever that is. Um, but even after chamber got nerfed to the ground... Um, there wasn't really ever a phantom resurgence and even teams like drx who were known for running a fair number of phantoms uh based on whatever their strategy was on given maps specifically i think it was on fracture they picked a lot of phantoms um we're going almost exclusively vandal at masters champions Masters. so like (laughs) yes that's the one um basically what i'm trying to figure out is, is there uh is there some kind of change you could make between the two guns that would balance it out more towards pro play and not drastically affect 
the ranked play experience. It, it's inter- a reason to pick between them. Okay, that's actually I wasn't sure where you're going with this because I, we've talked about fandom and vandal before, but like I think that's a really interesting way to put it. Um, my my gut instinct is that I if you had to if I if I could remove all phantoms or all vandals from the game, I would definitely remove all vandals and just you have fan, phantom only, just because I much prefer using the phantom if I had to pick between the two. Um, and that's you know with no buffs or anything. Or actually, you know what? It makes a lot more sense if, if I say I can only personally ever buy a Phantom or a Vandal, I would pick the Phantom. Um, I'm not really sure how much you can do with it because I really think that a lot of the reason why the Vandal is so beloved is just the 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 uh, ability to just get that headshot, both the satisfaction of it and the opportunities it provides. But I don't know, I, I honestly think that the Phantom at both the pro level and the ranked level is just somewhat underpicked um, because people just prefer using the Vandal. And I'm not really sure that the Phantom is the worst gun. Um, so I guess, I, I guess I'd be very worried about an Ares situation if Riot tried mm-hmm. to buff the, the Phantom. That like, they would yeah, buff I it, mean, it would be way too good and then they would nerf it to worse than it ever was. Yeah, I think the question more so is is there any buff you can make to the Phantom that doesn't make it better than the Vandal? Because I, I would argue that the Phantom is... And I think a lot of people for a anyway. long time have said the Phantom is the better gun. Mm-hmm. Um, yet it doesn't cause them to play it more. Yeah. yeah and maybe... why is that? I, I, I think that, personally, I like the slower fire rate of the Vandal because I find it easier to control. Um, but then that's objectively a nerf to the Vandal because it fires slower. Mm-hmm. Right. So how, how do you balance those? Right. Yeah. Because it's like what people enjoy, like what, what do they, what feel do they like more? Okay. So let's say, for example, all right. And I'm not saying that they should do this. I think this is an awful idea. What if they lowered the recoil on the Phantom? in general, right? And maybe even potentially buffed the reset timer so that it's more in line with the with the Vandal, which I know is something that people complain about a lot when they go between them, is that, like... Yeah. It is, if you're used to, like, firing a Vandal and strafing in between shots, when you go to the Phantom, um, you just have to wait longer because you fire more bullets, therefore it takes longer for your recoil to reset. And I think... Even if you fire the same number of bullets, the Phantom just has a slightly slower recoil reset time anyway. Um, But let's say that you made those two in line, right? To begin with, and then maybe slightly decrease the recoil overall on the Phantom. Do you think that would incentivize way more people to pick the gun? I don't think so. I mean, maybe. Maybe it's it's such a feel thing, from my experience, that like you'd I'd have to play with the gun to understand if I would like it better. I feel like that would be a situation where it wouldn't necessarily be immediate, but there would definitely be a significant shift. And I would think perhaps too much of a shift. If it was yeah, just like, like I... people easily switching over to the Phantom who play Vandal typically and being like, mm-hmm. oh shoot, it's suppressed. It has more bullets. It fires faster. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think that would go too far. Oh, I, no, I, I fully agree. I think that would be way over the top. Now, um, the other end of it, could you nerf the Vandal somehow? Ugh. 
Yeah, Which is something like, I don't even want to think yeah, about yeah, like, because just, I it, like yeah, the handle more. Yeah, that, so. that just that feels bad. We've I've talked about this earlier on the podcast. It feels bad when you nerf something. That people yeah, but could you, could you like up the recoil on the on the vandal? Like maybe the reset time is the same, but your bullets go to the sky faster. Maybe it, it's um, it's so interesting. Just like taking a step back for a minute and being like, "Damn, I've changed so much since we started this podcast." Because, oh, me like, too. I was a I was phantom only for sure. Well, I mean, I, sure. I yeah, definitely. That's been a big change. But like, I was even thinking about the fact that like, you know, for so much of the beginning of this podcast, the first I don't know sixty episodes or so, I was very much on the train of like the game needs as much like parody as possible between agents between guns, and like, and I've now gotten to a point where I kind of just feel like shit is going to be a bit unbalanced, and that's just the way it is. To a certain extent, the more you mess with things, the more you break them, and the game is pretty solid as it is. So, like, I think it's definitely a very interesting conversation, but honestly, I think the best decision might be to just not change either of the guns. Have the Phantom have a worse pick rate, and the people, the few, the, you know, one-fifth of people who use it all the time in Pro will still use it, and the one-fourth of people in Ranked, I'm <laughs> pulling numbers completely <laughs> out of my ass, uh, will use it. Uh, like I, I just kind of feel like maybe it's okay that the vandal is picked a lot more, rather than risking you know completely messing up the balance, which I feel like is very easy to do. But here, here's the thing, which Riot has never done before, admittedly. But there's nothing stopping them from doing this in the future. What's that? If, if they push out, well, first of all, they have the PBE available to themselves. If they push out a change in the PBE and it's not well received, and they don't like the way in which it's like functioning. They could just not roll it out into the main game, which I believe has happened once before. The other yeah. thing which I was alluding to, which they have never done before, is you could just revert the fucking change. Just come on and say, hey, we're trying this out. Right. We didn't like what it did. We're just going to go back to the way it was before. Riot hates admitting that they just made yeah, a mistake. But like, yeah, but like, no, they, they like, like to overcorrect the other direction yeah, yeah, and yeah. go back. And then, yeah. Right, right, right. But like, there's nothing right. stopping them from doing that. Just coming out and say, hey, you know what? For an act, maybe not even a full act. Like, you push something out. They hot fix, they hot patch the Aries. Um, oh, thank God they did. But you can just push something out. Doesn't go over well. You can revert it. They should have just reverted um, the Aries. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. It's far but worse than before they touched it. Either way, um, the the two things that I had in mind were, number one, make the suppression more valuable. Or number two, just give the Phantom an extra mag. Um, with the two trains of thought that I had. I, I, w I was going to say that earlier that I completely forgot, so I totally agree with the idea mm -hmm. of potentially giving the phantom an extra mag because i don't think that would be game breaking but it'd be a nice bonus given that they took a mag away from both of them the phantom and vandal so that the, the phantom is that much better at spraying yeah like you just give the phantom another mag back or alternatively i just feel like the suppression in general across the board on the not ghost the specter and the phantom is not that big of a deal and like i think if you fire a shot and somebody's over 40 meters away in-game, whatever that distance amounts to. They, like, not in the direction of fire, they can't hear it. But I think it requires both of those. I think you need to be over 40 meters away, and you need to be not in the direction of fire. Um, 
It just, what if you just made the suppression way more valuable? Right now, suppression is just tracers, right? Effectively, yes. I'm saying technically you can't hear it if you're a good enough distance away and not being actively shot at. Just lower that distance. Yeah, just like, just lower that distance. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, make, make it so that like, you need to be in the direction connect, of fire yeah. to hear it anyway, unless you're pretty fucking close. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like if you made the suppression actually do something, it would enable somebody to more, like, freely be able to spam certain angles out and not have the enemy team know that they're there doing that. Like, say you're... Say a team's, like, drops a brim smoke on a main on a scent, right? And you creep up behind that, that main smoke, right? You, if no one's actively close enough, like, you'd be able to spam out that smoke, just kind of, like, be like, okay, nobody's in the smoke, maybe spam out a couple common angles, uh, being, like, gen, hell, dice, that early peak heaven, or whatever it may be. And if no one's actively there, they just can't hear that, so they don't know that you've been doing that. Whereas currently in the game, if you do that, everybody fucking knows that you're standing outside of A, just, like, spamming through that smoke. Or you can, like, you'd be able to, like, pre-fire wine. Like, if you're yeah. facing the opposite direction and you pre-fire it into that angle, you could pre-fire wine with nobody on site, under, like, knowing that you're there. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. I feel like the suppression mechanic is not utilized enough. It's actually very interesting that you say that, Cask, because I had not considered that, but I'm fully agreeing. Um, that also has the benefit of buffing the Ghost and Spectre, which are two guns that have honestly been kind of slipping into irrelevance. That might be a little harsh, but, like, both of those are on the weaker side for their price points. And so them being buffed as well, assuming that it was a, a you know, blanket buff to suppression, would definitely be a good thing overall. I mean, here's a full different thing. But, like, yeah, along the same path. Um, what if... I, I think it would be cool if you could not hear the, uh, like, the sound of the gun firing, but you heard the impact of the bullet. That's yeah, something that doesn't it really exist in Valor right now, but if you could just hear the impact of the bullet on whatever surface that it was on, and that had a range to it. So it would be like right. a fully suppressed weapon, unless you're like up next to it, of course. Like, yeah. But it, it would have, like, if so, if you're right next to the person firing, you could hear it, and if you are next to where the bullet impacts, you could hear it. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Do you hear bullet impacts in game? I kind of feel like I don't do. I don't know. Like, okay, let's say maybe you, on certain services. Let's say you could hear bullet impacts in game. It would be dwarfed by the fact that you're hearing the bullet being fired. Because they're instantaneous, right? Yeah, yeah. Number one, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's hit scan, it's point, right? Yeah, it's, it's hit scan. Right. That's the term, hit scan. Um, yeah, but, like, number two, like, it, it, it wouldn't really matter because the sound of the bullet being fired would just overwhelm any potential thing that it's hitting that makes some noise. Like, I think technically when you're spamming out, like, a wooden box, you can kind of hear some wood splintery stuff going on. Yeah. I want to say you can technically hear that. Um, 
Yeah, so what if you just removed the sound from the firing and you yeah. only had the wood splintery, but, you, like, you know, reduce that range or whatever. Right. So that, that has a range of, um, you know, pretty nearby. So if it mm-hmm. if a bullet hits next to your head, you're like, oh, fuck, like a bullet just hit next to my head, but you don't necessarily hear where it came from. Yeah. Or I think, like... Be cool. Well, yeah, it would be. And I don't dislike that by any means, but, like, the the other thing that I think would be more significant almost is just, like... I'm never really scared of firing an unsuppressed weapon through a smoke. If that makes sense. Yeah, it should ping yeah. you. It should Sovadar <laughs> ping you if you're firing unsuppressed oh weapons. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but if you made it a little bit easier, like almost like easier to like identify exactly what angle they're playing at and therefore be able to spam them back unless they or strafing out of the way to, like, then be behind cover or whatever. Like, like if you made it actually a bit scary to be spamming an unsuppressed weapon through smoke in some kind of, in some manner, then I could see that alone making a bit of a difference. But the way it currently stands... Yeah, like, I do like I'm the buff gonna... to suppression because of what Hunter was saying, too. Yeah, buffing the the ghost inspector in turn yeah um but in a way that's like very subtle like it it Mm -hmm. shouldn't be a but like a huge buff to any of these weapons right they're all quite good yeah and i that's another thing is like well first of all playing tdm with a a specter against people who have bulldogs and guardians yeah being the two other options i believe in that tier um Spectre's actually not bad. It's quite good. Even in heads up, fair gunfights. Like, I was sleeping on it for a while. Um, But yeah, like, because, you know, I was just like, well, the reason I was sleeping on it is because I was like, oh, well, that price point, I'd rather just save some money and get, like, a fucking Marshall. Um, Which, on a side note, I think, like, half my kills in that Breeze game we had were with fucking Marshalls. Um... But at any rate, like, having used, or, like, being put into a scenario where, especially now that I've been playing um, a bit more chamber to get readjusted to him in Deathmatch, where I have the Headhunter and the Spectre, it, it actually, like, the Spectre holds its own in fair enough gunfights more than I initially would have thought. Yeah, I like the Spectre. I always have, like, the Spectre, but... Mm-hmm. I, there I was a while like a there more, where we're good. I was gonna say I used to like it a lot more than I do now, but there might be a bit of a resurgence coming up. I've been buying it more because of Light Shield's meta too. Yeah, because I'm I'm less often in those eco scenarios where I have to buy a stinger to like maintain four thousand credits for the next round. When I think, oh, I I need like thirty four, thirty five hundred. Like that, that specter comes into my price range a lot more. Maybe, but I think when you don't have the shields, you might just you have be light shields. Off. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying, like, given that when you buy that specter, you're not buying full shields with it. I'm never buying full shields. I, I Again, that's my point. You might be better okay. off with a stinger where you can just melt someone. But it doesn't matter. Like, the them killing me doesn't have an effect whether, what, like, what gun I have. 
right? So the Light Shields meta still stands whether I have a Stinger or a Spectre in my hand because the other team has Vandals. Yeah, but I'm 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 saying that with the Spectre, you might not kill them in time before they get... Yeah, I'm saying, okay, sure. Irrig- like, like... You're saying t- time to kill is slightly higher, therefore they have yeah, yeah, longer yeah, yeah. to get a shot off? Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, this, the Stinger just melts people up close a bit better. When you don't have the full safety net of those full shields being Raisnade, Shock Dart, Mollies, just random stuff that can chip you down, right? Yeah. I, I, I feel like when you're in a position where you don't have the safety net of the full shields, you you want things that can definitively turn the tide. Whereas with the safety net of the full shields, I feel way better taking a Spectre. And being like, hey, I'm going to hope that you're going to miss a bolt or two, and I'm okay with this gunfight. Yeah, I mean, anyone, who, down an econ. anyone who's used a Stinger a significant amount of time has, you know, had the situation where you spray someone, you're like, oh, I got the kill, and you die. And then you see in the post round, 135, or the, the even worse, 148. Um, yeah. And obviously, you don't see either of those things if the other person bought light shields. Which makes it very strong in that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm more talking about the fact that when you don't have full shields, like Hunter's saying if the other team is going with Yeah, the I'm going shield, from right? the other perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's going from the other perspective. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. The perspective that I'm going from is if I don't have the safety net of either of the shields in general, like I want my time to kill to be as as, as low as possible. As low as possible. Which usually at least I would accomplish with either a sheriff or a marshal. Uh being like, well, with the time to kill of zero. Um But given that you're not gonna do that, well the fact that I don't have the full shields, the the stinger kinda melts people if I can get into the right scenario for it. Which yeah, but the Spectre you can play more, more like it's a full buy round yeah. with light shields. See, I, I that that's where I disagree. I don't like doing it with the light shields. I have no problem playing like Spectre full shields. Like if I'm forcing in and my team my the rest of my team can buy. I can't. Oh well. Um I'll get a Spectre. You know, maybe I can try to follow somebody into sight, maybe trade them out, maybe pick up a rifle here and there. Um I just don't feel as good doing that. I just find that's, like, a super rare economic position to be in. Like, incredibly rare. Um, Because I often find myself being like, shit, I can only Spectre Light Shields, or Mm -hmm. I can only Stinger Light Shields, or on the other other end of that, I'm I'm forcing in, I can Bulldog Lighter Full Shields, Mm. which I will take any time over Spectre anything. See, I would, if the rest of my team is buying and I'm forcing in... I almost always prioritize shields. Because presumably the rest of them have full rifles. The odds of this is just getting in this is just getting into light shields meta and how you disagree with it. Not entirely. I have no problem going light shields. I don't do it every round. It kind of sounds like you do. No no no, like I don't mind going light shields (laughs) if I can afford a rifle with it. Mm -hmm. I'll go Phantom Light, Vandal Light, no problem. I've got nothing against that. I like, and then I will also go light shields if that enables me to then buy in the consequent round, assuming we lose the round that we're going into. 
or if that enables me to bring it off online in the next round uh, or, or something along those lines. Like, I, I, I don't have a problem going light shields with Phantom Vandal. I don't, don't like going light shields when I then have a lesser weapon to accompany that. See, I the way that I think about it is my shields and my gun are based off two different economies. My shields are based off of opponent economy. And my gun is based off of my economy. Interesting, huh? Because I if... I, I think that light shields... If my, if, my, if my opponents have, like, vandals, if they can full buy, I'm going light shields every time. Hmm. Almost every time. Unless, you know, I have enough money that it doesn't sure, fucking sure. matter. Yeah. Um, then, of agent, course, I'm going... Do you shields. take agent composition into that as well? Um... You know, if I'm about if I'm going to get like raisinated or something, yeah, raisinated you know, I'm, I'm, stuff like I'd that. I'd say not typically, um, okay. unless I find that they're getting like heavy value out of that, and I'm constantly taking chip damage. Um, but I'd rather play around that with my play style instead of my shield purchase. Okay, for sure. Um, but if the uh, if the team like if the other team has uh, eco weapons, or if they have you know. Uh, if they're gonna have specters or stingers, I'm going full shields for sure. So this happens a lot in like, uh, in like round threes. Mm -hmm. Um, when when I think of, oh, like this is my first full buy round. We lost round one and round two. Um, I can buy Vandal Light or I can buy Vandal Full. I off I most of the time go Vandal full in that scenario because they're going to be on their bonus round and have eco weapons and the the full shields is much better than the light shields against like a specter or a stinger or something like that. Yeah, when I when I first started light shields metaing, I decided I was going to fully commit to it and see how it felt, and so I would just buy light shields every time until I got like incredible you know it's very close to maxing but i have been also doing similar more recently similar to what you're saying chase of realizing that like round three there's significantly more value to be had with the full shields in that scenario than in other rounds and so i've been tending to buy full shields then yeah i found that funny because round three is the round in which i'm most likely to have half shields well okay so to be fair it sort of does depend on the agent that i'm playing and the situation at hand because if I feel like, you know, I'm playing a duelist on offense, and so round two, I could go, like, especially if I got a couple kills the round before, I could go, like, stinger, uh, no shields. Like, maybe yeah, I'll round do that. two, like, you have a, yeah. Yeah, and that mm -hmm. will mean I'll have to buy light shields, vandal, yeah. the next round. Like, I, I'll sometimes do that. But assuming mm -hmm. that I have the credits to decide, then I will tip, I will go for the, I'll splurge on the full shields for round three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that, yeah, full shields give you a lot more value when the, like, opposing team has eco-weapons. Oh, for sure. I don't think there's an argument No, there. but when the full when the <laughs> opposing team can full buy, like, just go light shields. It's the same fucking shit. Unless they're all playing phantoms, in which case I will buy full shields then. Yeah. I, don't, I, I find it frustrating. Like, obviously this is confirmation bias. But when I am forced to go half shields because I want to buy Phantom or Vandal. Um, they're like, ah, I feel like there's so many times I die and I look at the, like, I look at the damage dealt and it's like 135 
It's just like fucking Christ, dude. Like if I just had that extra money to buy the full yeah. shields, I would have I would have won that gunfight or whatever it may be. Um it's funny because I find the opposite all the time. Like since I started doing this, because Hunter convinced uh, me. Yeah, I'm much like more I, I see it all the time. I, I'm hit for 160. Hmm. Yep. Like I got four to the chest or I got one to the head. Like that was yeah. most like the vast, vast majority of the times that I died was because of that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'm just saying, like, yeah. again, like, I, I'm talking from confirmation bias here. Yeah. Like, I, I notice it because I wasn't able to buy the full shields. It's also confirmation bias on my side, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm confirming um, my bias toward the half shield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I just get so frustrated when, like, when that happens, especially when it's... Because oftentimes, like, I'll be at a price point where it's like, okay, do... And this is happening a lot more now that I've been playing more chamber. Um, is how many headhunter bullets do I want in this eco? Uh, and a lot of that comes down to okay, well, like, am I looking to buy an operator into the next round? Okay, do I save to the five thousand seven hundred credits and then forgo the trip? Do I save to five thousand eight hundred and fifty credits so that I can get that? trip along with it um do i go to like do i save to like 5400 credits and buy op light shields and the trip or or whatever um i and yeah a lot of it comes down to this it's like okay well how many headhunter bullets do i want to bring into this eco round and can i realistically convince myself that i can afford to because it, it is arguably the cheapest way in the game to turn the tides on an eco round. Like, if you can get two picks as they're pushing in, they lose the the brunt of their attacking force, fall back a bit, you can maybe recover those rifles, and all of a sudden we've got a really good chance of winning this round. Um, it is because it's a piece of utility that has a, cha- a clear chance at killing somebody. Yeah, whereas, like... Yeah. You could argue that, like, at the 300 credit mark, like, a share, or, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, a shorty could potentially bring you that same value. You're playing at the right angle, you get the kill, the gun's right on the ground, you pick that gun up immediately, you maybe get another kill or two with it. Um, like, they're, they're, it's about putting yourself into the best possible situation to, assuming the stars align, completely flip the tide and push yourself towards that thrifty win. But it's like, how many how many shots am I going to give myself here? Like, do I think that two two headhunter shots is enough to gain a good footing into this round, assuming that I hit them? Do I want to give myself a little bit of leeway? Do I want those? Do I want four of the shots so that I can kill somebody? Like, I can get like maybe the head tap on the first person and then three to the body would kill on whoever's following them up. Um, which, like, that that's often brought me into the full shields versus white shields discussion for the next round. It's just like, how, how, many, how many bullets do I want to play with here mm-hmm. um, to potentially turn the tide of the round that we're going into? Yeah. I mean, that's that's like a decision that you have as chamber specifically yeah 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 so i can't relate at all to that but uh yeah sometimes i'm like "Mm, maybe i shouldn't buy three smokes maybe i should buy two smokes 
Well, yeah, but like also thinking of in terms of like, is this frenzy worth it? Is the 450 for this gun worth it? And like, yeah, well, because you have a reliable sidearm already. No, no, but I'm I'm saying for other agents, right? Like when I'm playing Jack, is it worthwhile buying this frenzy for 450? Uh, do I buy the sheriff? Do I buy this marshal? Uh, one of the things that I often consider is the fact that you get 300 credits per kill. So if I come down to like 3,800 credits guaranteed going into the next round, and uh, if I buy the marshal here, it's like, well, I get one kill with the marshal, and that brings me into full buy territory. Do I think I can get a kill with this in the round that I'm going into? Um, same yeah, thing. Or, with, or in, in that case, like with buying a shorty, yeah. Um, then it's like, well, if I can get one here, it pays for itself. Like, it pays for itself, and you know, maybe I get immediately traded. But like that gives us a better shot in the round. You know, it mm-hmm. could. Yeah, but you have to get one. That's right. <laughs> you will do, but I'm saying I I often think about the. Okay, well, if I get one now, I can full buy. You know. Yeah. Um, and if I don't get my one, well, then I guess I'm going white shields next round. But it, it it is just a consideration that I often end up making, and I end up betting on myself because I'm cocky, and it probably doesn't pay for itself as often. As I'd like it to? Well, it yeah. definitely doesn't pay for itself as often as I'd like it to. It probably doesn't pay for itself more often than not. Um, yeah. But I do it anyway. Yeah. I'm good with wrapping here if you guys are. That's I about am all as well. I got for this one. Um, I'm out of beer. Mm. Pass is out of topics. Yeah. I'm out of both. <laughs> 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 so we'll drink with you later. <laughs>